Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Happy Wednesday, you guys. I am so happy. For all of you that tune in every single week and listen to the happy hour, I also love how much you're loving our Your Last Decade episodes, which are airing on Friday. We've loved creating these projects for you, these episodes for you. And I've said it before, I love my job so much, but I will admit that sometimes it feels a bit strange because I don't get to see who's listening. I don't get to hear about how much you're loving it. And so I would love it if you are loving the show, if it's impacted you, if you're enjoying it, would you share it with a friend this week? That's the number one way. Way that people find out about our show. I am the queen of texting my friends shows that I'm loving. If I can listen to a show, I will text them straight from the Apple app. Also, if you want to just tell the whole world how much you're loving this show or a specific episode that you loved, share it on social media. I'm not going to be sad about that one bit and tag me while you're there. I would love to see that. Okay, a little something that we need to address here is I've heard that some of you have had an issue with some of the episodes not downloading on your iPhones. We've even had that problem on our team too with other shows that we listen to. So here's what we've heard. The best solution that we have is to do one of two things. Number one, unsubscribe to the show and then make sure you resubscribe to the show so you definitely don't miss any episodes. Or the second way is to download another podcast player like Overcast, Stitcher. You can even listen on Spotify, you guys. That way you don't have to worry about it. Download into your iPhone via the podcast app on your iPhone. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for hanging with us. If you're not getting the shows, thank you for being supportive. We love, love, love every time we hear from you guys about what the show means to you. Seriously, we're so thankful. Today, my guest is Cheryl Luke. Cheryl is a local friend right here in the Austin area who has served over 20 years in church ministry. It is true, you guys. She is a long time ministry girl, and I love her so much. Cheryl believes that there is true freedom found in Christ and that he gives us the power to reframe our thoughts, to know what is true, and to therefore not live in what is a lie. It is so good, you guys. This is one of the things that I think is plaguing women so much today is not knowing the truth. And so then we live and sit and believe all the lies. Cheryl works with a program called Celebrate Recovery that has been a huge help in her own journey to live free from the bondage of sins and addictions. I do want to let you know that early in our conversation, Cheryl shares about an early marriage of hers that ended in divorce after she began being abused from her husband. I want to make sure I share that we talk about the moment that caused Cheryl to leave. And if you or someone you know that has been in a relationship that abuse has happened or is happening, number one, please don't wait. Reach out to someone today for help. Also, this topic may be triggering for you. Please feel free to skip a couple of minutes during the time which we talk about the moments of her abuse, which is around 10 minutes into the show. You guys, this conversation with Cheryl is so life-giving. I could sit and listen to her voice all day long as well. She is truly a genuine, kind friend, and I love that you get to meet her today. 
Also, she's got a little exclusive information for us at the end of the show. And if there's one thing I love, it is exclusive. Okay, here we go. Here is my conversation with my friend, Cheryl Luke. Cheryl, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm beyond excited that you're here because I've been wanting to interview you for four years now, probably. Well, we're here and it, today is a day and I'm so very excited. It's the day that it should happen. Absolutely. It's the day that it should happen. Okay. So before we started recording, you asked me if I sing. Yes. The answer is no. At all. Uh, I love to sing, but I'm tone deaf. Oh. Do you sing? I do. So I, like I'll sing in the car with my daughter's story and she's a really good singer. I mean, I think all parents like think their kids are really good. Yes. But sometimes parents say that and then you hear the kid and you're like, they are not good. You need to stop right, because right. that's false encouragement. <laughs> Story's actually really good. Uh, but I'll sing with her and Story will literally look at me and be like, can you please stop? She'll say, don't do that. She will. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm making so a joyful sorry. noise to the Lord. At least you can make the noise. I do make a noise. Yeah. I always think I sit on the front row at church Kind of because I'm a good pastor's wife, you know, like yes, that's yeah. it. But also it's so loud up there at our church that you I can, can just sing. sing out loud. Yes. Yeah. And I belt it out and I don't worry because I'm right in front of whatever the speakers are. That's great. I know. But we went and saw Drew and Ellie Holcomb. I did not know they were here. They were here at the Paramount. How did I miss that? I'm sorry. I should have told you. Gosh. It was really good. Have you ever seen them? I've never seen them. I get clips of her. I watch clips of her on Instagram you know, periodically. And I love her voice. Gosh, so good. What did they, what they do? So apparently they've been doing this tour called You and Me for Mm -hmm. a handful of years now. They do it in February and it's her, it's just literally the two of them on stage with acoustic guitars. Wow. And their stage presence is amazing. I bet. And Ellie's voice is amazing. And I was sitting there with my husband, Aaron, who is a singer. Right. And I was thinking, I wonder if there's a small part of Aaron that wishes... (laughs) <laughs> I know you're in Ellie. <laughs> We're Aaron and Jamie. <laughs> right, right. I ask him that and he always is kind and says no. Yeah. And what's he, what's he going to say? What can he say? What can he say? Right. Exactly. He's a smart man. He's a smart man. <laughs> so now I can't sing, but I love to sing. I'm glad you make a joyful noise. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Introduce yourself to my people. Yeah. I'm Cheryl Luke and uh, I have been in Austin for almost 30 years. That's basically makes you, I mean, you're like- Not young. Well, I was going to say you're like- an original base. I mean, no, I know you're not an original, but you've been here a lot longer I've, than most people have been here. I've been here longer than most people have been here. And, um, I love this place. It's, it's home. It's like, I got here as quick as I could. From where? From El Paso, Texas. El Paso. Yeah. This is a new, I never knew this. Yes. So you were born and raised in El Paso. I was born right outside of El Paso in White Sands Missile Range. Okay. My father was in the military. Yep. And then soon after I was born, we moved to El Paso. Where was he stationed when you were born? In White Sands. Oh, I've never the, heard of that. Yeah. yeah. It's always funny because I've been in Texas my whole life. And, you know, oh. us Texans, we like pride ourselves on knowing Texas, yeah. all things. Right. And, I, and it, it never fails. I always hear of a new place in Texas I've never heard yeah. of because it's a big place. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so El Paso. Yeah. El Paso. He was stationed at um, Fort Bliss. Yep. And I was there through high school. And then I went to Oral Roberts University for a short time. Well, before I went to Oral Roberts University, I went to beauty school. Oh. So I am a hairstylist. Girl, if you would have told me I would have brought a story, how you could have done her hair for me today. Oh, man. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And then um, when I left school, I um, moved to Fort Worth for just a little bit for a short period of time and then um, found myself in Austin. Wow. Long story. Can you give me the Cliff Notes version? Fort Worth. Moved back to El Paso. I met a man and married a man. And it turned out that he was a little bit abusive. 
and um, mostly verbal. And um, I came to Austin to visit a friend just to walk away from that madness for a short period of time during Thanksgiving. And as soon as I stepped off the airplane, I knew that this was home. Mm. And so I went back home after Thanksgiving and put all of my things in storage. And right after Christmas, came back by myself. And I've been here ever since. You never went back? Never went back. How long were you married? Three years. Three years. Interesting story. We were only to, only together for about three months. Um, I didn't realize I didn't realize abuse happened the way it did because I was so sheltered. And um, as soon as we got home from our wedding, it started. I've heard that before, yeah. and I find that um, I guess the word I'm trying to say is is interesting to me. Yeah, because to me that feels so um, planned out. Right. Is that how you felt? It felt blindsided. It felt blind. I was blindsided. Looking back, I think planned out is a good term. But at that time, I was in my early 20s and I was shocked that people treated each other, family treated Mm -hmm. each other that way. When we were younger, growing up, we've always been in and around ministry. And as siblings, we had to get along or we couldn't be a part of ministry. Mm. My mother always told us, you know, if you kids can't get along, here, please don't think that you're going to go to church and front in front of everybody. So figure it out. Your mom was smart, huh? She didn't play. She didn't play. Mm -mm. So um, we learned to talk things out. If we fought as kids, we had to get on our knees at our couch, hold hands and pray for one another, pray over each other. And then my sister and I had to sleep together that night if we fought. And, um, but we also got that, that rod of correction. Yeah. So did you tell me that your mom was a single mom? Single mom. How many kids? Four kids. She was powerful. Wow. She was. Oh my goodness. I have, you know, when I think now as I was preparing for this and I was thinking about my mother raising four kids by herself. When my father left, she was sick. She had just was recovering from cancer. And I remember her crawling around the house, teaching us to clean the house, teaching us how to cook, teaching us how to do all the things that we would need to do to survive if she didn't survive. Mm. And of course she did. She did well. She got healed her. And, um, But after that time, just the way she managed her household as a single woman, she was unable to work. She didn't drive. This was in the 70s. Wow. This was in the 70s. And um, she took care of us. Do you think that that part of watching your mom with that strength helped you when you were having to make that decision about not going back to El Paso? Because I... This is a super sensitive subject. And so I want to be super kind to everyone because there's definitely a chance that someone's listening to us who's enduring a situation that you did. The odds are pretty clear on that. What was it that gave you the strength, the intuition, the whatever it might be to say, I don't have to endure this? Um, And it's not a it's not a it's not saying if you're there and you don't know how to get out, you're not weak. Like but that's my question for you is what gave you that? I think that There's two things. I vividly remember when we were, before I came to Austin to visit, we were separating our things because I I knew that I couldn't do this. And I thought I was just going to, we might be separated for a short period of time. And um, I can't remember what happened, but we started to argue. And the next thing I knew, I was on the ground 
he was on top of me, legs straddled across my uh, midriff and his thumbs were on my throat and I literally thought he was going to kill me. And um, so I, I don't know how I got up, but I found myself at my mother's house. And that night or the next day, my mother was probably four feet 11, mm. you know, short. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was at my mother's house and he came over and I was watching through the kitchen and my mother, my short mother had this man, she took, she took his shirt and crumpled it at right by his neck and um, just said, I don't know what you're doing with my daughter, but you better, like, you better get it right, brother. Uh-huh. And um, something about that moment did something for me. And I don't know why I remember that, mm. but soon after that, I came to Austin. And again, when I, when I got off the plane, I knew this is where I need to be. Well, I'm so glad that you, sh- you landed in Austin, Texas. too. I am too. So glad. Okay, so um, I kind of inter- interrupted you when you were telling everyone about you. Yeah. Tell us what you do, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Currently, I work at a church here in Austin, and I've been at that church for about 30 years. Wow. And uh, yeah, as soon as I got here, I found I was probably here two weeks, and then I found my church. And so I've seen a lot of growth. I bet you we probably had 200 people when we first started. And now we've seen tremendous growth over the years and lots of friends. And um, I um, went on, came on staff soon after that. And I've worked in women's ministry. I've been on the worship team. I've um, ended up working with Celebrate Recovery now and um, really excited about the power of the church. Mm. Um, so you've been doing women's ministry for a long time. I have. Tell me how women's ministry has changed over 30 years for you. Oh my goodness. So I remember when I first, um, I remember we started women's ministry at Shoreline and I was early thirties and these two older women, you know, walked up to me. I was on the worship team and they were like, do you want to help us start women's ministry? And I was like, absolutely. And our ministry was called heart to heart uh-huh. at that time. And, you know, Ministry has changed, but yet it hasn't because we've always done events. We've always done Bible studies. We did every Beth Moore study that you can imagine. I think what's changed is um, people have changed and our availability has changed and conferences have changed. Women's ministry is still, from my perspective, it looks almost the same. It just, it, we dress it a little differently. When you say availability, you mean people's availability to Abs- be involved. Absolutely. I feel that in my own life in the past yes. 10 years. Yeah. You know, and yes. so I think that's true across the board. It is. Is that it's harder to reach women. It's harder to reach women and um, it's harder to to build leaders who have the time and the capacity because of life to lead alongside. It's, it's a different day. So how do we still reach women? Well, I think we reach reach women through the internet. Yeah. The internet is it's powerful through podcasting, through um, events like the If Gathering. Mm-hmm. I, I think that women want to gather. They just don't have the ability to gather the way they yeah. used to. Yeah. You know, it, speaking of If, you and I have both been associated with that for a while and friends with Jenny. Um, the thing, when they do If Locals and even when they do If Table, like that's their mission. Oh, it is. Is you know that's I think one of the reasons I love what Jenny does is their their mission is not big events like the if gathering no their mission is to disciple women. The other thing that I love about if is they bring women from every background, and I don't think I've ever seen anything that powerful where I may not believe everything you believe, but I'm willing to sit at the table with mm. you and have a discussion. 
Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Uh, okay. So women's ministry, um, you know, the last person, I know you talked about celebrate recovery and I want to dive into that a little bit sure. and just kind of break that down. Um, because I would guess a lot of people may not be familiar with it. The last person that I can recall, and someone will correct me if I'm wrong, that we had on that we chatted about celebrate recovery was Lauren Chandler. Ah. So Lauren Chandler in her episode that she was on forever ago talks about when she went to celebrate recovery and she oh thought, I don't know why I would need this. And then it was so transformative in her life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So talk about celebrate recovery. Tell us what it is and then let's dive into yep. Why, who, what, yes. all the things. So Celebrate Recovery is a ministry for everyone. And their goal is to help people overcome their hurts, hangups, and habits. The interesting thing about me in Celebrate Recovery is I was working at my church. My pastor walks up to me and says, hey, Anastasia, the lady that was overseeing CR before, is leaving. Would you mind taking it over? And I'm thinking to myself, I'll go help these poor people uh-huh. who have problems. Right. I, I can help them. The addicts. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Yes. Addicts. Mm-hmm. And so I will. Well, addicts in. that we would think of addicts. Yes. But, but let's be real. We all are. We all have issues. Exactly. I walk in and I see people that look just like me. Mm with challenges just like me. And one in three of those people are addicts. The other two are people who have life challenges just like I do. And so I quickly fell in love with the program because very slowly and methodically, they help you identify your challenges. They help normalize the, the, the trauma that you've walked through. They help you normalize the, the challenges and the traumas of life that you may have endured. And they give you the tools to get on the other side. It's a powerful ministry. Um, I, I love Celebrate Recovery and we have that at our church as well. Um, and it reminds me a little bit, and I, I don't know a lot about the 12-step program, mm-hmm. just from volunteering with some women who have gone through it. It reminds me a little bit of that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but with just more Jesus. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It is the 12-step program with scripture added to it. And um, and the, the beautiful thing about the 12-step program is they talk about a higher power. Mm-hmm. In Celebrate Recovery, we know who our higher power is. That's so true. I've heard that a lot from people who are not followers of Jesus, right. but talk about this 12 step program and talk about the higher power mm-hmm. and the things. Right. Um, and you just feel like, oh, there is one. There is, there is one. one. There, there is, is one. one. The be- And you know, I didn't know this, but over 3 million people have been affected by Celebrate Recovery. And it 3 million. 3 million. And it is all over the world. It's amazing. Yeah. It's How long has it been around? Do you know? 27 years. Okay. A long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, a good a good bit. This isn't yes. a new thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what are some of the hangups? Because I think when people think about oh, yeah. even Celebrate Recovery or sure. even we talk on the show a lot about counseling and how valuable it, how valuable it is. I think that what I expressed a while ago is one that I think a lot of people can say is, well, that I don't, I'm not addicted to anything. Sure. I don't have an addiction. I'm not like, sure. quote unquote, those, those people. people. And so what is the draw to get people to understand that 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 they do have something yeah. to deal with? I think the draw would be the challenge that I would say is look at your life and look at the things that you do that you're not proud of. Do you obsess over food? Are you, do you try to control every outcome? Are you a fixer? Do you, are you addicted or do you have to see some pornography of some type 
during the day? Um, are you a smoker and you can't live without your cigarettes? Do you have, do you lie? And are you addicted to telling stories that aren't true? Um, have you been through some type of abuse in your life that makes you act out in a certain way? Is your, um, is your husband, has your husband cheated on you and you think he needs help? I would say you should come and get help for yourself as well. Not that you've perpetuated his behavior, but you've been affected by that behavior and you need help. I think if you are alive, you should come to celebrate recovery. I was going to say a lot of those things you listed, which I think is so interesting, are things that people are going, well, she just listed my thing. Yeah. But a lot of them are things that you could go your whole life and no one ever know. Exactly. Like that would be an in- inward turmoil of what you're having to deal with. Exactly. It's not an outward, you know, you're you're, you know, drinking too much right. and getting behind the wheel, but exactly. it could be this lying food obsession. Sure. Trauma from a childhood wound. Yeah. Or or do you have to have a do you have to have that glass of wine? every night to calm down. Mm-hmm. I would say, please come and see us. So what happens when you walk in for the first time? Because I'm going to let you know that can feel scary. It is scary. It is scary. It That's is good. scary. When you walk in for the first time, I would think that an individual would feel like they're sticking out like a thor- sore thumb. But I would say that you are going to walk into an environment with a bunch of people that are you? That's good. And they had to walk in for the first time at some point. And so when you walk in, we do this, we have a large, what we call a large meeting, where we have praise and worship. We um, read the 12 principles or eight, where we, where we recite the 12 steps or eight principles. We have either a lesson every other week or a testimony every other week. And let me tell you, when you hear those testimonies and you hear what people have gone through in their lives... Again, it normalizes the process. It helps you realize I'm not the only one who has problems. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only one that went through things as a child. Yeah, I'm not the only one who has issues in my life now. Yeah. It's I can't talk enough about Celebrate Recovery. I can tell that you love it. I, I do. I would imagine though, walking into a room like that, as scary as it would be, it also, and again, I'm totally speculating here and you can tell me if I'm right. It also would seem like maybe someone would feel the safest they felt in a while. I would say yes. I think I think that is a possibility. Because do, do you know where I'm coming from? Like, I do. I walked into a room and potentially, hopefully, these people aren't judging me. At all. These people are, I've heard, and the reason I say it, I've heard people talk about that when they go to AA for the first time. Sure. Oh, these are my people. Right. They understand my struggles. Yes. No one's talking, no one yeah. feels like this. So I, w- I would say, I think that would happen when we break out into the, the groups that we have because people begin to talk about what happens in that large group meeting. It's kind of like a service and you don't, you don't know, but when you get in that group and you hear the challenges, you hear someone say, I almost didn't come today because I drank Mm -hmm. last night and I just didn't think I could make it because I committed. I picked up a chip last week, Mm -hmm. but I fell this week, but I'm here. Yeah. Is it like AA where there are, you go through the steps? Yes. Like you do the whole, like write out everything you did. Absolutely. Okay. So you do that through the 12 step groups, but every week we have gender specific and issue specific groups that you attend that are separate from the 12 step groups that you can just go to and have conversations with. So you've been a part of this for years and years and years. I would imagine you've seen some miraculous things happen in people's lives. I've seen some miraculous things happen in my life. Tell me about it. I um, have had a love affair with food. 
as a child, my father walked out on our family and he had another family on the other side of town. Mm. And um, I thought it was my fault. And so I quickly developed a relationship with food. And, you know, it sounds for people who don't have that challenge, I think that it's hard to understand or wrap your mind around, but food didn't talk back. Mm. Food was always there. Food wouldn't leave me. I had it when I wanted to celebrate. I had food when I was sad. I had food when I just wanted a, something in my mouth. Mm-hmm. And now I, I would say that food doesn't have the grip on my life that it used to have. Mm-hmm. I don't think about food 24-7. I'm not worried about whether or not I'm going to eat. I don't, I don't wake up in the morning and obsess about, about food. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real thing. I can see when you talk about the transformation and that happening, uh, just to give everyone a little bit of encouragement, was this an overnight fix or was this something that took work? It took work. And I didn't realize, again, I didn't realize that I had the challenge. I didn't remember. It's a great story. I um, was taking these poor women through this 12-step process. And so I didn't really realize that I had challenges. Oh, this was before you went through it. I was, I was helping, I was leading it. I was leading the the process. Uh And so I was doing my thing and doing the homework ahead of time because I hadn't done it before. And we had just launched in our environment. Um, We relaunched in our environment and I didn't have anybody to lead the women's 12 steps. So I said, I'm going to help these women at home doing my homework. And principal two, step two says, realize I am not God. And when I read those words, I thought, okay, those words say, realize I'm not God, but how have I tried to control my life mm. in such a way that would put me in a position that I would think that I'm God? Yeah. And um, I thought, how do I, what, in what ways do I try to con- control the outcomes? Well, first of all, I thought about food and uh, I was devastated. Mm. Devastated because I didn't realize I had a food addiction and then devastated because I knew I had to break up mm. with this companion that I've had my whole life. The second thing that rocked my world was I didn't realize how controlling I was. So I walked up to my sister very casually and said, do you, do you think I'm controlling? And she didn't say a word. She just looked at me and in our family, our last name is Luke. We say we look at each other. Well, she looked at me Mm. and I fell apart because I had no idea I was as controlling as I was. So not only did I have this food addiction, I was controlling. And so I had to unpack all of that and lead, which is not the way we do it in Celebrate Recovery, (laughs) but I had to unpack all of that and lead those women at the same time. And it was beautiful because I didn't try to hide my challenge as the leader from- You brought your stuff to the table just like them. And we are all very good friends today Mm. and and everyone understood. That's interesting. And I I think that that also is a a testament to the Lord as well. I mean, not to- be super spiritual, but we both love Jesus here and that he would bring those things to your attention and not just have you go into teacher mode and and continue to walk out those 12 weeks of, I'm just going to teach them exactly what they need to know. Right. That did not happen. Did you feel, I think that sometimes someone would go into this and think, if I can do this through this program, then on the other side, everything will be great. Is it when I think about I hear people say they work the steps. Is this something that you continue to work through? I think with some people, you can work the steps and through the process. Continually for your life. Yeah. Well, you are 
I'm going to use the word delivered because I can't think of another word, uh-huh. but you are free from that thing that has challenged you and you don't have to look back, but Got other it. people, it's just a challenge yeah. every day. And you have to, you have to work the steps. Yeah. You know, this, I love having this conversation because, um, I, you know, we were having a, a different conversation before we started recording I, and I, I confess to you something I would have thought 12 mm. years ago about yes. someone yep. um, and how now I would not think that because of experience, right. because of proximity. Mm. And so this is an important conversation because I think a lot, especially in the church, right. people can think I don't have anything to deal with. Sure. They do. Yeah. And so I love the conversation because there's someone listening that's going, right. I think that I have something to do exactly. with. Yeah. You know, there's also people in the church who have had abortions and have had life challenge or made decisions that people are unaware of. And they're sitting in those pews, in those chairs uh, with those memories and celebrate recoveries for those mm. women and those men as well. Yeah. And they don't have anyone to confess Mm-hmm. or talk about those um, decisions with because they're fearful that they're yeah. going to be judged. Yeah. Well, the reason they're fear- fearful is because they have been judged have before. Been, I mean, exactly. you know, like this is, we could talk about this for hours. Mm. Is like, there's this, I don't want to use the word epidemic to make it sound more crazy than it might be, but yeah. sometimes churches do not feel safe for people. Right. And I'm a big proponent of, that we have these stories, sure. even in spite of ourselves, in spite of our decisions, yep. decisions, in spite of our control, our addictions, that God still actually chooses us. Ugh. That He still loves Can us. Can you imagine? No. And if we believe what God's word said is that like He knew us before He the beginning of time. Exactly. So my decisions, my turning my back on Him, yep. my stomping His name into the ground, that was no surprise to Him. And He still mm-hmm. chose me. He chose you. And He chooses you. Every day. Again and again. Yeah. 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 And so that's like just this hope for you, me, anyone who's like, I don't know if I can talk about this. God so still loves you. He does. Yeah. You know, when you, when you just said, I don't know if I can talk about this. I remember the very first time, because in Celebrate Recovery, you have to introduce yourself and identify your challenge. The first week? Um, not the first week, but okay. when you're in your class. In your class, okay. And um, so, of course, I'm up on stage every week. So I introduce myself every week. And so I, for several weeks, would get up and say, my name is Cheryl Luke. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And I struggle with anger. I couldn't say food addictions. I couldn't say uh, control because it had such a grip on, on me. You. And, um, but I remember the day that I was able to say it. I felt two things. I felt like I was completely naked in front of everyone, but I also felt like a weight had been completely lifted from me because I was able to say it out loud. And that scripture keeps coming to mind, confess your faults one to the, one to another so that you can be healed. And so as I made that confession, I felt like that, I feel like that opened the door for me to continue this walk towards freedom that I'm walking every day. There are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, it's easy to get started with Ancestry. An Ancestry DNA test tells you where your ancestors are from, and Ancestry's billions of records and millions of family trees let you discover their personal stories. You could find a famous relative or perhaps a photo of your great-grandmother as a little girl. Researching your history is a fun activity for the whole family, and the stories you learn about your shared past can bring you closer together. 
Ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life. Ancestry DNA doesn't just tell you which countries you're from, but also can pinpoint the specific regions within them, providing insightful geographic detail about your history. Trace the paths of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. My mom is tracing our ancestors right now, and it is such a great experience. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience as Ancestry. Start exploring your family story today. Head to Ancestry.com slash happy hour to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash happy hour. I believe in having clean options. I support companies who innovate products that break the norm and help clean up my daily routine. That's why I love Native for my deodorant needs. In fact, I love it so much, I just gifted my mom with the Native deodorant. Native is made with ingredients that you've actually heard of, like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. They never use things like aluminum, parabens, sulfates, or talc. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Native just released plastic-free deodorant made from 100% paperboard and shipped in a plastic-free bag. Switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. Native comes in over 10 scents like coconut and vanilla and lavender and rose, plus rotating seasonals like the pumpkin spice latte collection. My favorite scent right now out of all of them is the coconut and vanilla. I have loved it this summer. I'm thinking about trying lavender and rose next. Maybe even a pumpkin spice latte deodorant. Native is risk-free to try with free shipping within the U.S. and free 30-day returns and exchanges. Guys, do what I did and make the switch to Native today by going to nativedeo, that's D-E-O, dot com slash Jamie Ivey. Or use the promo code Jamie Ivy, J-A-M-I-E-I-V-E-Y at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash Jamie Ivy. Or use my name as a promo code Jamie Ivy at checkout for 20% off your first order. You also said that you and the girls that you led are still really good friends to this day. Absolutely. And I think that is something that we could speak on as well mm-hmm. is like how... Um, confession and vulnerability and just laying our stuff on the table, it really unifies you. It does. It it says, hey, we're all the same, actually. Absolutely. We're all broken. We're all messed up people. And here's what it is. I mean, I often say like, listen, we, we sinning is what we do best. That's so good. It is what we do best. Like it's <laughs> what we so know. It's, our, yeah. it's in us. Yeah. And, and it's only by the grace of Jesus. Right. That we would ever get better at not sinning. Exactly. You know, like, thank goodness, 20 years ago, I'm not still struggling with some of the same things. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that I think, I'm going to fight this until the day I die. Right. But thankful for Jesus. You're right. But when we lay all that on the table, that community is built as well. Yeah. There's nothing like something the that Celebrate Recovery offers. Oh, absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. so, but you, do you have a new role with Celebrate Recovery? I do. Tell me about it. So I am the National Director for Cultural Communities. That sounds so fancy, Cheryl. Doesn't it? <laughs> National Director <laughs> for Cultural Communities. Okay. And so what they want is for people of color, they want people of color to know that Celebrate Recovery is for them. 
If you walk into, and pastors John and Cheryl Baker have been, and Johnny and Jenny Baker have been phenomenal with running this program and opening the door to everyone, but they realize that when you look at um, the expanse of the ministry, particularly in America, most of the attendees don't look like me, let's Mm say. And so they want to make sure that people of color know that Celebrate Recovery is for them. And I could say that um, African-Americans don't like to share their hurts, habits, and hangups, but um, I had a conversation with- Is that true? It's true. Okay. But I had a conversation with Johnny Baker and he said, you know, as long as I've done this, I don't know any culture that wants to to share their issues. So- Um, Let's just make sure that we're setting the table for every culture to come in and know that this program is for them. And so my my responsibility is to go and have conversations with with churches, with organizations and let them know that Celebrate Recovery is here. We're for them and we would love to invite you to our program. What are some of the hangups that you think that have kept and it could be just our country, but what are some of the hangups that you think have kept um, celebrate recovery from being more diverse than it is. Yeah, I think the 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 big thing is we just don't see ourselves in the room, mm-hmm. and that has been changing over the years. And um, again, pastors John and Cheryl Baker have been um, intentional, strategic, authentic, very authentic in opening the door and making sure that people of color see themselves in every phase, every aspect of this ministry so that they will come. Yeah. So what you're saying is something that we've seen in the church as a whole. Yes. What we've seen, this is is a fact. Yes. Um, You're just seeing that that also has gone into absolute recovery. Yeah. We're changing that. How are some some of the ways that you're changing that? Meeting with pastors, meeting with organizations? Yes. We have conversations. So we do these trainings all around the country, one day trainings. And there are people of color that attend these trainings. And so I'm having conversations. I will walk up to someone and just have a conversation about what brought you to CR. Are you inviting your family? Do what does your church look like demographically? Is it a is it a large? Is it is it um, is it a diverse congregation? Is it not a diverse converse, congregation? So what 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 barriers did you have to overcome in yeah. order to get here? So we're compiling all of this information and we're going to make the change that we need to make to bring people in. I love it. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. But do you think, I'm going to go back to something you said. Okay. That, that um, he said all people struggle with this. And you said, I could make the case yes. that African-Americans do not want to do this. Do you think in your head that that is also something that has maybe kept people of color from entering into this space? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. It's a great question. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also believe that we have to, just as we have to... Um, open the door for people to come in. I think people, people in general, not just African-Americans and not just people of color, we have to be willing to say, okay, I've got to, I've got to do something about this. Yeah. I've got to do something, not just for me, Mm -hmm. but for everyone coming after me. Yeah. Like our legacy. It's our legacy. I know you talk about legacy, son, yeah. and I can I know just from hearing you talk about your mom mm-hmm. earlier, the legacy that she left on sure. you. Do you think about your legacy? Every day. 
I think more now than ever before because I'm aging and um, I have really been considering, you know, what does the rest of my life look like? And what am I going to do um, for the kingdom for the rest of my life? Because I'm, I'm driven that way. And um, one of the things that I'm thinking about is living life in transition. And I feel like my life recently has been in tra- transition, but I, I also feel like for the first time, I'm very clear with what's next for me. And what is that going to look like in terms of my role at work and um, my role at home and travel? And speaking of legacy, you know, my mother really paved a way for me in ministry that was inside the four walls as well as outside the four walls. Mm. And in order for me to um, have the baton in my hand, but in, in order for me to carry that baton and be very effective in that, I have to look at my life. I have to look at the choices I'm making in terms of, of ministry, in terms of location, and and really pray and say, Father, you know, what is next for me? And with that, I've developed a, I'm working on a podcast. I am working on a program to help people um, essentially change their negative thoughts. I am grateful for this involvement with Celebrate Recovery. And I am grateful for my involvement with IF and with Camp Well. And I think that those are some of the things that I have to do that I'm called to do, Mm. as well as the local church. Okay, so you mentioned um, this, that you're working on something to help women with their negative thoughts. Sure. Uh, This is probably what I would say, and I think you might too as well, since you're working on this. I think it's one of the biggest hindrances to women completely surrendering and serving the Lord. It is. Um, And I've never been 41. And so I don't know if my mom dealt with this when she was 41, you know, and so I I have no context there, but it feels to me like it's an age old problem. I don't think this is new in the 20th, 21st century. Um, What are you working on and how, how do, how do we, how do we do this? Yeah. So the program is called Relate. And um, a friend of mine who is a counselor went through Celebrate Recovery years ago. And um, she's a social worker, retired social worker. And she developed a, a process, a four-step process um, to help us when we get stuck in a spiral or when we can't get through a situation to um, journal through four steps. And if you think reveal, review, regroup and rewrite. Reveal what the thought is. The negative one. The negative thought. Review how you feel. What did I think or feel Mm -hmm. because of that thought? Regroup. There's a relational need or a connection style that is attached to that thought, to that feeling. And then rewrite. What does the scripture say? What's the truth that's found in the scripture about that incident? And when we write those four things, and you, it's very quick, very simple. When we write everything down and then end with the scripture, it gives us the, the resource and the tool that we need to move forward and stop that negative mm. thought. And even to have something to base it on when it pops back up. Absolutely. Here's the truth. Yes. Mutual friend of ours, Jessica Honegger, I was having... Um, breakfast with her. Well, every time she wants to have breakfast, she makes me go do spin class with her first. So we had done (laughs) spin and then we were at breakfast and I was telling her about some things I was just dealing with and walking through. Yeah, And she said something that I never thought about. And it reminds me of what you just said. She said, try to think about like what was going on 
in your life when yeah. you were thinking that. Yes. And I'd never ever taken like my real life or yes. what was happening around yeah. me and connected it to the lie I was believing. Exactly. And and that's exactly yeah. what you just said. You know, the other thing that we don't really do is identify our feelings. If you ask somebody how you felt about something, they'll say, well, I felt like going home or I felt, well, that's not a feeling. Mm. How did you really feel? Did you feel sad? Did you feel angry? Did you, what feeling did you feel during that incident? And so identifying that feeling is really critical so that you can conceptualize where you are. In that moment. This is so good. Like I'm even thinking for some of my kids, this would be so good. Absolutely. But then I also think like this would be hard for me right. as an adult. This sure. is hard work. I mean, this is yes. you're putting in the hard work yes. of doing this. Yeah. I have a friend, I've shared this before on the podcast because I just will never forget it. We were doing Bible study one time and she pulled out this stack of very used, ratted up note cards. Sure. And um, she went through a really difficult season once in her life and she wrote on one side the lie. Mm-hmm. And on the other side was a script, was a, a scripture and a prayer wow. of the truth. Yes, and she, I mean, she pulled them out, and it wasn't like she just wrote these yesterday. Right, they were, they were, they were looked at. Part of her her they lifestyle, were, they were her lifestyle, yeah. Yeah. and that was her whole point. Was mm. like, I have to rewrite what I'm believing right. to be true. Sure, and so I love that that you're mm. working on. Is this something I think about? One of the ways I think about, even with if I want to serve God faithfully in every area of my home, my work, my kids, my ministry, all the things, um, I think this can be stagnant for people. Sure. Is to not believe the truth about what God says about them. Oh gosh. I think that is probably one of the major things that keeps people from moving forward in life and accomplishing dreams and even raising their children the way that they think that they should be raised. And um, just becoming who God has called them to be. Yeah. Because we don't we don't believe the truth about yeah. ourselves. And you know, we talked about community a lot when you're talking about celebrate recovery. Mm-hmm. And even my friend sharing that with me, it spurred me on mm. to want to replace lies with truth, if right. that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And so even doing things like this for ourselves and inviting people in, inviting girlfriends in to do this with you is such a great way to build this. We're in this together. Right. Like I mean. I don't, I, I said before, I'm not going to get to the end and still be loving Jesus without his word and his people. Like that's that, so good. It's just like, we're not going to make it. Right. We won't make it. And right. so to be able to bring in um, with this. So my people, we love some podcasts. Yes. What do you got going on? I have the Mosaic Life podcast going on, Tell coming on. It. Tell me about it. It is a podcast where I, you know, i again, been in and around ministry for a little bit of time. And I realized that people, when they see someone who in their mind have achieved some level of success, they don't take the time to count the journey. They don't look at what it looked like. They don't know what the person endured, how many years it took. You've been podcasting for how many years? Almost six. Yeah. And so I want to talk about the journey. Yeah. And I want to talk about the hard times and how did what happened and when you um, were struggling and what gave you the courage or the audacity to keep moving forward when times were tough. I love it. My biggest example that I always share about this is my husband, Aaron. We're 41. He's a worship pastor and been doing music since he was 18. Yes. And people will say, how do I be like you? Right. And he's like, well, yeah, I did. I was on the road a lot. Exactly. I, did, I couldn't pay rent one month. I mean, right. you know, like yes. there are things that just don't seem as common. Right. Because when, we don't, we can't see behind the curtain. You can't. When are you launching? At the end of February. Girl, you got two things launching at the end of the month. Yeah. I have, I have things in the, 
Yeah, you're ready. I'm ready. I'm scared. I'm in my head. I need to journal. You need a journal. <laughs> I need a journal. I'm well, ready. I'll tell you, this is my advice. If you have if you have episodes recorded and yep. you're ready, just throw it out to the okay. world because people will eat that up. Okay. I mean, really eat it up. Yep. And I love new shows. Okay. You have a listener right here. Okay. And Lindsay, Done. she'll listen okay. too. Thank you. You got two listeners right Perfect. here. Yeah. Yeah. End of February. Okay. You got a lot of good stuff happening. I do. I'm really excited. It it feels like um it feels like I'm walking in the right direction. I love that. Yeah, it's not it doesn't Is that feel a new easy. feeling? It's a new feeling. Okay. And it's a little um scary is too strong a word because I love it, but it's just it's new. And you don't know what the outcome is gonna be. Um, and because I tend towards control and would love to know what the outcome is gonna look like. Um, it's a little iffy for me. You know why this is encouraging? Because I'm not going to ask you how old you are. You can. But I did some math in my head. I'm 55. 55. You know why this is encouraging? Tell me. Is because there are a lot of women who are in their 30s and they feel like they're too late. Yes. Do you know that there are, I am 55 and there are a lot of women in their 50s who feel like it's too late. It's so good. And it's not too late. No. What I love about- You just told me, I feel like I'm I'm on where I'm supposed to be. I Yeah. It feels great. I haven't felt this in years. I love it. I haven't felt this in years. And I love the local church. And I don't believe that any of us could do what we do without the local church. But I also believe that there is a work that has to be done outside the four walls um, because there are millions of people who are not going to come into the church. And we have to figure out how to affect those individuals. I love it. Yeah. This is, if if anyone's listening, they're like, well, I'm, I'm past my time. No. No. Mm-hmm. You know when you're past your time? Yeah. When you're in the grave. Exactly. Then you're yes. right. You're past your time, but you're Absolutely. with Jesus, hopefully. Yes. So, you know, yeah. it's all good. What would you say to the mom who is saying, I feel I have all of this in me. I don't have children. So what would you say to that woman who... Look at Cheryl, the podcaster over here. I love Look it. at you. <laughs> we just switched over to Mosaic, we did, guys. We? <laughs> we did. But I feel like that woman is listening and she's thinking, I don't, I can't do anything because I'm raising these children. Yeah. I think it's a lie that Satan is using to really paralyze a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Um, I think children are such a gift from God. Yeah, I don't think it's a woman's highest calling to be a mom. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a woman's highest calling to be a wife. That's so I good. think our highest calling is to make him known and bring him glory. And so how do we do that in every season of our life? That's so good. As a mom, you may be at some point ministering to three people. Like that may be who you're you're yeah. changing their lives. Um, you know, I can personally look back at my life and there was a lot of times I feel like I wasted because I wanted to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't ever struggle with the, I don't think I can because I have kids. And so there's a little flip side of that, sure. but I also was a little discontent mm. with where I was because mm-hmm. I thought, God, is this really my day? I actually don't really like this. Mm. But I didn't live like that for all of those years, praise God. But just to say to that mom, like your ministry is wherever God has you. It's so good. Like it could be with three kids. But I also, on the flip side, just to give some mom some kick in the pants, that is your ministry. If those three kids are your ministry. But I remember when I got invited to travel out of the country and I had a one-year-old on a mission trip. And I thought to myself, what kind of mom leaves a kid at home? Right. I thought a bad mom. 
And then I prayed and I ended up going. And what I came to the conclusion was I want to be a mom where my kids can always look back and say, my mom was always following Jesus wherever he took her. Wow. And so sometimes that was just in our house. Yeah. And other times it was me flying to another country or my kids coming along. I right. mean, when I used to serve at Reagan High School, long time ago yeah. in the um, teen moms. Yeah. Do you know, sometimes I brought my kids with me. Wow. You know what I mean? Yes. And so- yeah. Yes, your ministry may be your three kids, your mm-hmm. one kid. Mm-hmm. But listen, don't believe the lie that you cannot do anything outside of your That's home good. for the Lord. It's so good. Because you can. Yeah. It just looks different. Right. Looks so different. Well, Cheryl, I'm like, A, I need your journal. I can't wait for your podcast. Done, done. you just flipped the script over here and asked me a question. I did, didn't I? Whenever we get two podcasters in a room, it's like, who's in control here? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly who's that. asking the questions? Yeah. <laughs> Is this my show or yours? Right. Um, and I just, I'm so encouraged by you, Thank you at 55, young, saying, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And I'm in transition and it feels good. Yes. Transition's not bad. It's not bad. No. You know, the other thing I want to say about transition is sometimes I think where our lives are in multiple times of transition and we, sometimes we know it and sometimes we don't, but if we can just be okay in those moments and know that God is working on something and we don't have to know what it is because he doesn't pull back the curtain and say, this is where you're going. This is how you're going to do it. We just have to be okay in him in the transition. Mm -hmm. You've learned that not being in control, huh? I have. Because wanting have. to have control and transition oh, sucks. It sucks. Yeah. It's not cool. It's not fun at all. Oh. Thrive Market delivers organic and sustainable groceries right to your door. Just recently, I went to Thrive Markets. I got my account and I stocked up on snacks because my kids all day long, mom, we need more snacks. We need more snacks. And what I loved about it is I could go straight to Thrive Market. I could pick out that I wanted vegan or paleo or gluten-free, whatever might need our family's needs. And they are going to deliver it straight to my door. And I'm a happy mama. And those kids are happy kids. As a Thrive Market member, your paid membership provides a free one for someone in need, like a low-income family, teacher, veteran, or first responder. Thrive Market tailors to over 70 different diets and values, like paleo, keto, or plant-based, delivering the highest quality organic and sustainable essentials from groceries, healthy snacks, meat and seafood, clean wines, non-toxic cleaning, bath and body, and stuff for your pets, which I also got some great dog bones for my sweet little puppers. As a member, you're going to save 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices, and their carbon neutral shipping is free on orders over $49. In addition to membership matching, which is so phenomenal that they do that, Thrive Market has raised over $750,000 to date through their COVID-19 relief fund. If this sounds like something you're interested, go to thrivemarket.com slash happy hour. Join today and you're going to get a free gift of your choosing up to $22 in value. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash happy hour because you're listening on the happy hour. Go there today to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today thrivemarket.com slash happy hour. I don't know about you guys, but schooling at home was quite an adjustment. I was trying to work. My kids were trying to do school. I'm trying to keep up with what their teachers are doing. It was really difficult. And it's times like these that inspired me to check out Laurel Springs. Online learning might be new for your family, but Laurel Springs has been doing this for nearly 30 years. 
As the experts in online learning, Laurel Springs has the tools and the curriculum that your child needs to maintain their learning unhindered by whatever the future holds. Their flexible learning programs designed for students in kindergarten through 12th grade offer challenging and diverse courses. And Laurel Springs is accredited with the Western Association of Schools and Colleges in Cognia, which means our transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Register your child at laurelsprings.com slash happy hour today and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com slash happy hour for your waived registration fee. laurelsprings.com slash happy hour. Okay, Cheryl, what are you loving? I am loving a song by Maverick City Music. Don't know them. They are phenomenal. This man's voice is so unique. Like you could pick him out in Among a Million People. What is the song? The song is called Refiner. How did you hear about it? I heard about the song initially. A friend of mine um, and I, we send music to each other. This is the best. And uh, we just send a text and say, "What have you heard about this? Uh-huh. Or what do you know about this? And so she sent me a song several months ago. And so I've been following them and um, talking about being in transition. I was praying the other day thinking, Lord, I really need you to move here in my life in a particular area. And I went and searched this Maverick City Music, and I found this song called Refiner. And it is such a powerful song. And it talks about um, essentially, you know, refine me, Lord. Uh. And through the trials, through the easy times and the hard times. And um, it has been, it's my it's my anthem for right I now. I love it. I love a good anthem. Yeah. yeah I love a good anthem. Okay. okay, what else you love? I also love picking up my great nephews every Wednesday. I get them at about four o'clock from the bus and then we go directly to the car wash and my car gets washed and we wait inside and we read and they also get popcorn and then we talk about their day and it is just an amazing um, time of um, connection with them. How old are they? They are eight and 10. You get your car washed every week? I do because of them. But if you look at it right now, it looks like a wreck. But absolutely. But it, it's because of my time with them. Okay. To do that. To do that. Look at you. Yeah. yeah. You know, when Aaron and I were dating, he would get his car washed every time before he'd pick me up for a date. Wow. Go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead, Aaron. I know. That's good. Now it's like, you want to get in the minivan <laughs> or my car? Like, let's go. You know, it's funny. Okay. So what else are you loving? I just binge watched a show called... Um, Virgin River. I don't know this. Like Virgin as in Virgin Mary? Virgin Mary River. And um, I just happened on it one night and I literally spent the next three days, every moment that I had, I watched that show. I love a show like that. What I don't like about Netflix is it ends and then you have to wait until Lord knows when to get the second season. Oh, so this is why I like to watch things when they're already out. Yeah. Because yes. I have, there's been some shows I have like binged yes. and then I forget right. and never finish the whole exactly. series. Yeah. You know what else I did recently? What? I love all of the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I couldn't connect what happened when and where. So I went online and I Googled all of the Mar- Marvel movies in chronological order and I watched them all over a two month period. Well, you should have just wait. My kids know they they could sit here and tell you every single. Do you want to know? They could tell you in release date and in oh, wow. chronological order. Yeah, because wow. they did that at the table one time with My me. My goodness. Yeah, 
it made everything made sense to me though. Well, maybe I need to do that because um, the last movies that I've seen, and again, correct me if these aren't Marvel because I get confused. Black Panther. Yes. Okay. The Avengers. Yes. Endgame. That's yes. The, that's the one. And then what did I just see? Oh, the, never mind. That's Star Wars. So Avengers Endgame. Yes. Uh, I'm going to give a spoiler. So if you haven't seen it, well, right. you should have. It's been out a while. But spoiler alert is Iron Man dies. He does. Spider-Man was so distraught. Right. I had no idea why, but I wept through the entire scene. Oh. So then a couple of weeks later, my kids were watching Spider-Man. Right. And I sat down and I and I went, oh, yeah. they had this relationship. They had a great relationship. But I didn't know it, but that was a good movie that I yeah. didn't even know why. Yeah. And I wept through that whole scene yeah. when he I died. I bet. I bet. That also happened to me with Star Wars recently. I don't understand Star Wars. I don't either. But I just saw the last one with the family and I cried and I don't get it, but I, I was moved. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't even know what's happening, but, <laughs> but I'm sad right now. I'm sad. I don't even know what's going on. A couple of Thanksgivings ago, we did all the Rocky movies. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. With our kids. Yeah. And then that was when Creed 2 yes, came yeah. out. So we watched Creed 1 and then we went to theaters and watched Creed 2. Nice. I know. Nice. My daughter, she was like. Michael B. Jordan. Sure. I know. <laughs> and I was like, I know, girlfriend. I know. <laughs> I don't blame her. We just went and saw Just Mercy. And yeah. she said, is Michael B. Jordan that? And one of my older sons said, yes, but he'll have his shirt on the whole time. <laughs> I said, y'all are wrong. Um, okay, Cheryl, thank you so much. Thank you. It is, first of all, you have a fabulous voice. I was oh, thinking that the whole time. You have a good you. voice. I appreciate that. I could listen to you for hours. Oh. Um, but in all seriousness, thank you for all that you are doing and have done and mm. bringing awareness uh, to something that is such a such a benefit to the church, the sure. big church. Sure. Um, and I'm proud of what you're doing with trying to make more people aware mm-hmm. of how Celebrate Recovery can help them and come thank alongside you. them in their walk with the Lord. Thank you. Um, and thanks for your encouragement. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Loved it. Friends, you heard it here first. Cheryl is releasing her journal and podcast at the end of the month. And you will not want to miss either one of these good things. Be sure you check the social notes to connect with Cheryl and order your journal. I love what Cheryl shared about Celebrate Recovery and how it is for all of us. We all have life struggles that God wants to free us from. And this community is such a helpful source for walking into freedom together. If you are alive, you should come to Celebrate Recovery. Thanks so much, Cheryl. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers and this whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is Courtney Rysick. We talk honestly about emotions, our feelings, the Psalms, and how to let our faith lead us in the midst of our emotions. This is something we all need, and it comes at a perfect time just behind what Cheryl and I talked about. Also, don't forget Friday is Valentine's Day, and my friend Kelly Stamps is on your last decade to talk all about her last decade of matchmaking. You heard me right. She does not consider her this, but God has totally used her to bring together dozens of couples through a very unconventional way. Spoiler alert, she's doing it again. Listen on Friday to find out all of the information about this. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a friend. Text it to them. Share it on social media. Tag me. I want to see it. Have a happy hour with a friend. And I'll see you back here next week with Courtney. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. 
I am Jamie, and I'm your host, and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays, and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Subscribe today to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.